As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Starting. Started. Everything is spelled correctly. What? We want. Hello, and welcome to another edition of In Between the Pages with James Law Jr. I'm James Law Jr. here on JLJ Media, which is my online network. I'm the JLJ of JLJ Media. So go ahead and subscribe while you're here. Be kind, be gentle, say hello. And I'm so happy to bring you content like this where I talk to people who are making a difference in the world, positive change in the world which is my favorite thing in, in the whole thing. So I'm so happy. Uh, my guest, she is so lovely. Um, she is a SAG actress, a model, an entrepreneur, an author. Uh, she has a new book out called But Beauty Wasn't Within Me. So well, that's all about. It's out now. And also you may recognize, well, not really recognize her, but she is from WandaVision, that show that's huge right now. Um, she plays a squirrel agent and she's making history by playing that role. And she was in something I'm going to ask her about. So she was in a TV movie I'm going to ask her about, actually, too. My friend, Lori Livingston. Hi, Lori. Hi, James. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> um, she and I had, we, we talked the other day. We, had, we talked for like hours. We had a great time. And I was like, we get you on the show. We got to talk on the show so you guys can hear. I, I'm so glad to finally meet you. <laughs> I know. And so, and so this whole pandemic is so weird. Like, it's just like, okay, we're meeting online. That's how, that's how that works. Um, so, folks, um, follow us on. We're on all streaming platforms. We're on YouTube, JLJ Media, Imagery Pages on Facebook. Follow us there. Okay. So, I'll, the first thing I want to ask you actually is something if the credits are correct, I hope they're correct. You know, you look things up, you never know, right? right. <laughs> so, you actually did a very uncredited small role in the new edition story. Wow, you're doing your research. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do my stuff. I do. No, but so that's true. So you were, you, you played a wedding wife and you were, you were in a small role, right? You did. Yeah. Okay. So well, I want to ask you, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're, I was, you're going, you're going to tell me. So I want to find out, were you a new edition fan? Like I was growing up. Were you a new, I mean. Was I, like, I was literally, okay. So I was in that movie, like all through the movie. Literally, I was in that movie so many times that they had to put a wig on me so that you didn't know I was the same girl <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> from the other episode, from the other, you know, like I had to yeah. literally change my look. But like New Edition, who I was obsessed 
with new and, and it wasn't the group in general like it was like i love them individually i love them bbd you know when they start breaking off and doing their own thing i love them period so when we were shooting the movie that's funny you bring this up i was the only one who knew the dance routines you know like when they were doing their concert scenes i'm the only one <laughs> i love it oh my god i love it oh i love it because they were like millennials, like these were like kids, you know, like they hired like a whole bunch of like kids. And these kids were like, I don't know what this is. Who is it? And I'm like the only one that like, if it is in love, <laughs> like I know. did she stay on? Yeah, I know. I know, the, I know the routine also. I know the routine also, girl. No, but I mean, I mean, I want folks to understand this. If you're younger, New Edition was the first, I mean, after the Jackson 5 and all that, they were the first boy group that really hit the teen market. Yes, they got a little overshadowed by some other folks, and we'll get into that. But they are, but they are, but they are Marie Star family. I mean, that, that story was good. I thought it was really well done. I thought the whole thing was really well done. Oh, yeah. I was very impressed with it. And and to this day, people are still seeing it. They're like, was that you in the new? I'm like, yes. We shot that like three, four years ago. Yeah. Roughly, I think 2017, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I got, oh, one of my biggest dreams it was to be a BBD dancer. I always wanted to be a BBD. Come on, come on. Let's just let, let's not act like BBD was not killing it. They were. Okay? Well, I wanted to be one of the back the backup dancers. So I met Ricky Bell on the set because they were always there. Ricky Bell, Ronnie DeVoe, uh, Michael Bivens. I miss Bobby Brown and I miss Ralph Tresvant and, and Johnny Gill. But like the, they were there. The BBD crew, they were there every single day. And I went straight up to Ricky Bell and I was like, it has always been my dream to be a backup dancer for BBD. And he was like, we already shot that scene. I'm like, oh, but he was like, dreams do come true. I'm like, don't tempt, don't play with me. Like, <laughs> don't play with me. I will do it, okay? Uh, okay, I know, I, 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 I know, right? They were the ball. Yeah. BBD, BBD was such, an, was such a, a surprise. Do it. <laughs> It was a surprise because we knew Ralph Tresser was the lead singer, supposedly. Bobby Brown went big. But when they came with Poison, you can still put Poison on. It still stops everything. It's Come still- on. I think it started a, a whole new life again. Like, there was a point where you played it as nostalgia. And then it was a point where it was like almost like a, a new hit again. All over. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just seemed like in, in more recent years, it just kind of gained a whole new life altogether. I agree. I agree. It's not a song anymore like it's literally like they've adopted it to like more modern day you know I, I don't know how to properly explain that but like I've noticed it has a whole new life all over again you know with a whole new generation of kids they know it <laughs> they, know, they know no you're right they know the song it's not just like they're like my parents just listen to that song that's so funny like they know the song they know it they know they know it it's they theirs know. like they've embraced their own <laughs> yeah. oh, that's, that's very true that's so true um, but yeah, I saw that, so I, I, did, I, I was just kind of curious. So that's, I'm glad I looked it up because you had some great stories there. I love that. Um, now I want to talk about first the modeling stuff because um, I always like to, I, I've interviewed a few models over time and I always just wondered for you, did modeling bring anything to you in terms of um, how you look at yourself, how you view yourself? Did it do anything positive for you or was it, or was it a negative experience? Uh, it was a good mixture of the of the both. I started out um, on QVC, uh, the the shopping network. I started out over there, so I, I got a lot of backlash being there because I was very tomboyish. Uh, you know where I come from, it was just okay for girls to be a little a little rough, a little tomboyish. 
and you were still a woman. Like your, your femininity was never in question. It was just how we were. So when I became an, a model on the show, like these girls were like, you know, like their nails were always in their hair and they were just like, you know, fabulous. And I was just kind of like, eh, you know, just dress me up, let me do what I need to do. So I went through a, a little bit of an awkward stage with models uh, throughout my career because I was just who I was. I was very tomboyish, but I knew how to be very feminine when I needed to be. So it was a little rough around the beginning, but once they started to kind of take notice of me, meaning like the direct, I'm sorry, the, the designers started to really kind of take notice of me. Then it was like, oh, well, well, maybe her, her style is a little cool. You know, we'll, we'll Maybe we don't all have to be this way. So yeah, I, they were trying to pigeonhole me, you know, into like this whole prissy debutante, you know, prima donna type. And it, it just wasn't me. It just wasn't what but I had to QVC, stay. Isn't QVC in South Carolina, North Carolina? They're in uh, Pennsylvania. They're in Westchester, Westchester, Pennsylvania. So Good. I would drive overnight. I still have a fan base from there. Wow. Like a lot of the, yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of the women who watched me back in the, like I was there like the, the early 2000s uh, a lot of the women are still like I remember you when you when you got started in QVC you know wow you know you've been around for a long time <laughs> to yeah. see. well you know but no the thing is I just always wonder because it was on that part of the world and you didn't fall into the debutante beauty queen you said I could be that way if you dress me up and I can act that way but like they give you a little attitude because you weren't just that way period I that's very interesting Exactly. Like it was to the point where it was hindering a lot of my work initially because they were just kind of like, eh, you know, you don't quite qualify, you don't fit. So ultimately I ended up leaving QVC and going to HSN Home Shopping Network, which is in Florida. I transferred down to there and they, they ate it up. Like they were like, what is this? You know, who is this girl? Yes. And they just threw me in. So I went from kind of being shunned and denied to whoa, like, I'm like, you know, I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm working like all the time. And then I became one of their top, you know, models on the show. So it just kind of kept snowballing into bigger and bigger and bigger doing fashion week, uh, New York, New York, of course, loves everybody. Like anybody can go to New York and I guarantee you, they will make you feel like you're just the most beautiful thing on the planet. So I love New York city. I didn't have a problem. Even same thing in France. When I went to Paris, had a lot of love overseas they they were just like you know we love you so it was just my my earlier years that were very tough very hard to get people to kind of get it you know like what are you doing why why don't you act more like the models you need to be more like this instead of like that but i mean in france is it true they like black americans over there they do um they uh, well, uh, they're a little iffy about Americans per se. But um, being that I was there as a model, I kind of was given like I don't want to say a pass, but I was kind of it, it was like they overlooked you know the whole American thing. But uh, I got a lot of acceptance. Like they they didn't really like like all the fake hair and all the weave. Like they really wanted us to be who we were. Like a lot of in the model world, they want you to be exactly who you are. Your natural hair, your natural look, no nail, fake nails or anything like that. They want you exactly how you are. And that's what really changed me because like in our society, we're often taught and pushed, you know, get the lace front and the wigs and the weaves and you have to look a certain way. And, you know, that's acceptable as a black woman. And in the fashion world, it's the complete opposite. They're just like none of that. You know, your nails should be your real nails. Your your hair should be your real hair. Like they want you because you are beautiful in your own element, like how you are, exactly how you were born. 
And I love that about being a model. And it's, it's something I stand by now. Like I refuse to get into fake hair. And I did, I did my season of fake hair and they will give you for shows. They will give you fake hair for events, but ultimately they want you to be what I love. They call it. They want you to be a blank canvas. They want you to be a clean slate and they will build on top of what you give them. You know, let them put the makeup and the hair and everything for what they're doing. But other than that, they want you to be just yourself. And I love that. And today, to this day, I'm still modeling, but to this day, I stand by that. I stand by that whole, I am who I am. Like, look at my hair. You know, I don't, I don't want to like everyone else out there. So it's definitely helped me to develop a sense of appreciation. And I don't think we say that enough. It helped me to develop a true appreciation for me as is yeah it's it's one of those things where you know uh, i did i did a couple of runway shows in my past i wasn't a model or anything like that but i remember them telling me that you know they're gonna we're gonna create art so don't worry we're gonna we're gonna choose what clothes you're gonna wear at what point you're gonna wear them we'll fix the hairstyle we'll do whatever we're gonna do to you don't worry about so you're right i heard about the blank canvas it was kind of just we'll take care of that don't come in already a certain way we're gonna just deconstruct that anyway we gotta we gotta make it to fit the show you know what the theme exactly. is that makes sense yes so they don't they don't want the whole idea especially in our community in our culture where it's just the, the lace fronts the wig they don't want that and a lot of girls when I try to teach them about modeling because everyone approaches me like I want to be a model I'm like the first thing I'm going to tell you is get rid of all that all the fake hair the nails all that has to go and a lot of them look at me like I'm speaking gibberish you know like I've made no sense you know like I'm like you can't do that you, you have to be a blank canvas. They need to see what they're working with. And if you work with them, they will help you to learn to love yourself. Yes, there's a lot of rejection in the in the fashion world. That does hurt. But overall, the appreciation for yourself, your own beauty, you will have to develop that in time because that's what you're going to lead with when you go to these interviews, these auditions, these shows. When you're on that runway, you can't be on that runway like, oh, I hope they like me. Oh, I hope they like you. Know? <laughs> you right. Know? right. You have confidence and that confidence comes from your own self-appreciation that you have to learn to develop yeah I, I just I, I I appreciate who I've become and actually I made it a, um, a clothing line as a result yes. because I myself t-boy chic tomboy chic because I'm very tomboy but the modeling world made me chic and they helped to create it and I collaborated the two because the name came from designers and other models that I worked with over the years and they were just kind of like oh the Lori that's what they used to call it but the, the style that I had oh the Lori you know oh you're doing Lori it's like oh okay well t-boy chic how about that <laughs> okay so, so so I mean getting into the clothing business I mean I know there's 10,000 people doing it I mean how, how, how did it how did that happen for you what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and... Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. 
Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. The clothing business, um, it actually, I started it eight years ago and I moved to France around that same time. So I had to kind of put everything on hold. And of course, throughout the pandemic, we all just kind of went back to ground zero with everything. <laughs> and it was just like, well, let me finish some of the stuff I didn't finish. And I went through and I found it. I found it and kind of put it up and it's been doing amazing. I had a fan base before because it was up and running. It was a business up and running. But like I said, I had to kind of suppress it for a little while. So I just kind of re- rebooted it, revamped it, kind of gave it a little bit, a little bit of a tweak this time around. And it's doing amazing. A lot of my old customers have come back and I have a whole new group of new ones. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Like people really embrace the whole tomboy chic. <laughs> they get it. I like <laughs> So what, what, what is the website they can go to? It's on Etsy. So I have a, a page on my, uh, on Instagram. I have a T-Boy Chic page. It's uh, at T-Boy Chic, doc, at T-Boy Chic. And you can go to the, it'll connect you right to my Etsy store for now. That's where it's at. You know, literally there's a link right in my bio and there's, there's an Etsy store. Or you can go to Etsy and you can look up T-Boy Chic and it'll take you right to my store. I'll put that in the, in the description make sure we can go there. That's great. That's great because I mean, it's, it's, I, I you know, I'm, mis- I'm Mr. Diversified too. Make sure you have all, the, all kind of things going on, little street right. stuff going on. And also, again, you're trying to give back to the community saying it's okay to embrace who you are. If you, I, I have nieces who are tomboys, I, my granddaughter's a tomboy. I mean, like, there's still beauty in that. There's nothing, I mean, it's like, why, why have to go into the norms of like, can be prissy and oh my God, somebody help me? Like, I mean, what's that? I mean, what if you? What if you're a tough, strong chick? Exactly. I, I, I believe there's a time and a place for the girly, girly. I, I believe there should be balance to the tomboy, which I do. Like, kind of like now, like uh, I'll wear a dress with sneakers, you know, right. or, or like my hair with my hoops. You know, I, I have my my balance of things. Like, I'm still clearly a woman. I'm still clearly, you know feminine I just have this toughness to me like I don't mind getting my my hands dirty I don't mind getting my nails dirty if I have to do it myself I'll do it myself you know and it's not a takeaway from anyone it's it's just who I am it's just how things have always been in my life you know but I I do see more in our society today there is a push for the whole be feminine and this is the only way that it should be and it's like yeah that's not the only way I believe where I come from men love this the men like the men like eat it up like they want the women to have that little edge to them i was saying this in a, in a previous interview they like women to have their little bite and i'm talking about men from new york city new jersey pennsylvania philly that's where i'm that's the area i'm coming out of these men embrace it they want that you know and once i, I started you know florida florida california they were kind of the guys there were kind of like <laughs> we I, like it maybe yeah. we don't i'm not sure <laughs> No, I was gonna say there's there's parts of the Midwest that I have family from. They like that their women love sports like they do. They like that their women want to go to the football games with them and actually know the plays, not just go there and be cutesy, but they know the plays. They they watch basketball. My best friend Michelle knows more about basketball than her husband, and they both watch it together. She loves her Lakers. She's all about that. She knows everything. It's like, but for him, it's a turn on. It's like that's. She's not just being, she can be feminine. She's a woman. All She's a woman still, just because she likes, you know, why can't she like basketball and know how to play the game? Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. I dated a former M- an NBA player and uh, same thing. Like, that's why we got along so great. We would literally play, play basketball together. Like, you know, we, we just, that's, we were like 
Like I was a tomboy. He loved that about me. And I was perfectly comfortable with it, but I was also very much a woman. I was also very much feminine. So I don't know. Some people get it. Some people don't. Tomato, yeah. tomato. <laughs> exactly. But I, I, like, I like the fact you brought that up. There's just kind of like, there's this push that you can't be, a, there's many ways to be a woman. Thank you. That's the, that's the whole, I mean, there's just no one, there's no one way to be black. There's no one way to yeah. be female. There's no one way to anything. It's just like, I mean, why can't we just be who we are? Each and each different crevice and crack of things that we like to do and we are who we are, why not? I mean, who cares? I mean, it's just, I, mean exactly. I, had, I had somebody tell me, because I'm an organizer in my other life too, but isn't that women's work? Don't women organize? Like, oh, a lot, I know a lot of men who are organized. I mean, I like, guess no gender thing. I mean, anybody can become organized. I have, I have male friends. I lived with men and women. And a lot of my female friends were way more messy than my male friends were. My male friends were very much like every all the shoes were over here. Seriously, go to people's houses. Men will have all their their tennis shoes, everything all in a row, color coded, everything. It's like it's not a it's not a gender thing. It's just like people are they are who they are, and it's kind of so. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, and that leads into because all this all just leads into stuff. This is great. This all leads into um, your book. Congratulations. Yes. Number one bestseller. You show, show people the book. There it is. I love it. But Beautiful Was It Within Me. So it's based on your life kind of experience, but for children and teens in a short story format, which I love. So talk about that, please. Uh, growing up, I used to love books that were very short and to the point. And maybe maybe I had ADD. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There were no names back then. There were no names back then. There were no names for that stuff. All right. I'm just saying, for me, my books needed to be short, sweet, and to the point. So, <laughs> like, who, what, when, why, where? Let's get yes. to the point. I got something. And I, um, I wanted to do a book similar to that. So I wanted a book that was going to be to the point. The story, I wrote the story eight years ago. At the same time, I kind of did. Oh, wow. I did it. Ago. <laughs> yeah, eight years ago was a big thing. Creative. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I Book. I wrote the book in about 10 minutes, believe it or not. And it was like a poem initially. I was a professional model at the time and I was just kind of writing from my heart, just kind of who I felt I was, what I kind of been through and who I felt I was. And just kind of that discovery of, no, I'm beautiful. And that's really what the story is all about is finding that amidst where you've been, who you've been, you know, so there's people in the story are real people. I mentioned like my cousin, that's a real person. And my best friend, Cookie, she was a real good friend. That's my real grandmother. These are real stories uh, where I went to like a private school. I don't go into detail in the story, but I just kind of tell the story where I was picked on by girls that didn't get it. You know, they thought I was funny and they enjoyed laughing and things like that. But no one ever really gave me growing up that sense of you're such a beautiful girl, you know? And I, I feel like when when people specifically tell their children you are beautiful it it resonates in their entire being you know i think every child needs to hear that male or female every child it's not a gender thing every child needs to hear that coming from somewhere you know and i wasn't something i was getting and that's really what the book is kind of in telling like i wasn't getting i was trying to find it not only myself at that age but through friends so just you see that you see her kind of go through this whole trying to um trying to find it in makeup, trying to find it in just any area of life that she could find it in at that time. And ultimately just kind of coming to the conclusion herself that she doesn't need any of those things at all. So I'm really impressed with the, the coloring of the book. Like we wanted oh, to yeah, make it. Beautiful. And that's, uh, 
Tyron Peter was your illustrator? Yes, Tyron Peter. Uh, again, he and I, eight years ago, we just kind of locked ourselves in the house one week. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Like we didn't leave no, day in, day out. We yeah. sat in the house and we illustrated page by page um, everything we wanted to be seen, how we wanted it to go, and pretty much just kind of told the story. And I ultimately left and went to Paris, France. So I had to, again, put it on hold. And pandemic, thank God for it to some degree. Uh, it, it allowed me the time to um, bring this book back to life. Well, I think I think it's important for um, I always talk representation all the time, and that is in book covers, that is in who's on the book cover, how they look. Those are girls I see all the time, girls I grew up with, girls I see all the time, black girls, brown girls. I feel like that's that's so it's so important to be able to see that. We just we have we're bombarded with images all the time. You're a model, you know this. You and TV and music, we're up all these images. And I feel like just that alone, there are girls that go, I want that book, probably based on just the cover. They see themselves in it. I mean, I think it is such such an important thing. If you don't realize that, even even in art, representation really does matter. From the it front does. of the cover to the inside to the message. It does. I'm really just overall just very pleased with the outcome of it. This is me when I was seven years old. So this this picture, I drew it myself. And Peter, uh, Tyrone went in and just kind of digitally enhanced it. I'm sorry, I'm trying to make it so you can see it. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah. He went back in and digitally enhanced it so that it would be a little more digital looking. But I actually drew the front cover myself. And I wanted it to just resemble how it felt. You know, at that time when I when I was basically trying to figure out who I, who I was, so um, we didn't have books like this growing up no, as it, children. We it, it didn't. Didn't it see didn't. things like that at all. Nope. And just have this for kids today. That alone is worth everything. I agree. No, we didn't no. have that stuff. We didn't. There were no books for brown folks or anything. There's nothing like that at all. I'm talking Latino, black. No, there was nothing out there growing up. Didn't see nothing. this. Nope. That's very so extraordinary. I do this today. I'm honored that I have this opportunity to have my book out there and, and just have it in the hands of, of young children that they can hear and see someone look just like you. Someone has been through what you've been through. You know, I, I know when I was trying to get the book published, a lot of adults tend to look at the book and they're like, well, I expected a little bit more. And it's like, you have to put yourself in the mindset of a child. You know, these, these kids, they're not thinking so deep into everything. You know, like it gets to the point. The story literally gets to the point. She is who she is. She's trying to figure it out. She figures it out. And I believe kids can identify with that either way. Just seeing the pictures, the pictures alone tell the story. Her facial expressions throughout the pictures. Tyrone did an, an incredible job illustrating this book. Like I can't praise him enough. He really is a very underrated talent right now. And he has done an incredible job. And I'm honored to be a black author right now. I'm honored that it's for black and brown, black and brown children around the world. And I'm honored that my illustrator was black, you know, that we can kind of show to people it's possible. It is. It is possible. And I would invite, this is my own thing. I invite non-blacks to get the book also. Um, get some perspective, see what, uh, you know, maybe there's something you can, maybe it's something you can relate to. Maybe, Maybe if you're Muslim or Indian or Asian or whatever, you may go through something, something similar uh, and be able to relate to the book. And also just have just and also just to diversify your library. Why not? It does. Diversify it does. your library. I mean, like, you know, you don't have to get all the same books also. I mean, just try something outside your outside your circle. And you might be surprised. I, I was actually 
press, I'm getting a lot of a lot of inf invites to read to students in schools across the country. So as of right now, yes, as of right now, I have four schools, and amazingly, they have been. And, and of course, the book isn't just to black people. Of course, I want to make it clear, uh, but it is about us. That's my story. But I was impressed to see so many white teachers that want to diversify their classrooms. They want to diversify the students. I was blown away by that. And they're asking for the opportunity, like, hey, we, and they've purchased like a mass amount of books to hand out to each student. To, like, mind blown. Like, I, I'm really, I, it's, it's honoring that, that I, my story is going to help diversify a culture, to help diversify children right now who probably may not meet or know too many black and brown people in their lives. And right. to see that they, they identify with you. you. We have the same stories. We've gone through the same types of things. You know, I, I'm literally floored by this, but it's such a great experience. And this month, yes, I'll begin reading to students all across the country. That's great. I was, I, I tell people all the time, and some of the things that I create, there is a lot of sameness out there. It's really interesting. Um, there are a lot of, why blackish works and all these shows work because there's a lot of sameness. We're still not sacrificing that it's a black family. And we're, we're talking about things that happen within our community, but there are other communities that can relate to it. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's some things are universal, um, but we're telling it from our perspective. We're telling it with those brown faces. That's right. the difference. We always saw everything from a non-brown face. Well, now right. we show you, now the, you know, Asians are coming up now to you. And their stuff's kind of like, well, there's a lot. We all want the same five or six things out of life, kind of. Uh, but now, but we're not going to sacrifice our cultural way of looking and telling about it. But you probably can relate to it, too. If you open your mind and just watch it, you go, oh, yeah, my mom's the same way. It may be a different <laughs> language, maybe a different cultural thing. But you're like, my mom bugs me, too. Like, we have all our moms bug us. It's universal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I love my mom, of course. But you know, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's one of those things. Some things are actually very the same. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So it's kind of like, let's showcase that. But why not have it in a brown packaging? Exactly. And for the first time, I feel especially the way we've grown up where we didn't have this much diversity. We didn't have this much change. It's, it's the best way to show exactly like you said, to show people we're all the same. Basically, we all have the same or similar struggles. And here from a black perspective, this is what we deal with. This is how we do life. This is what we have encountered or, you know, and to share this with other cultures. We are, one of the key things I learned when I lived in France is we are constantly teaching people who we are. That's either as an individual or as a culture. So if, if all that other cultures are seeing about our culture is, you know, any negative aspect of that, they're going to believe that that's all that we are. They're going to, to feed into that belief system and then perpetuate it by telling their, their friends and their family. And this, 
things like this, books like this are changing, I hope, changing that narrative right. and giving a different perspective. And yes, it's, it's a book, you know, but it's a step. It's a step in the right direction. I have Parisian friends now who are purchasing this book. It gives them a chance to see an American girl that's not, that's a black girl telling her story and is also teaching them a different perspective of us, a good of us, a positive perspective, as well as one that they can relate to themselves. I'm literally honored to have this. I, I never guessed eight years ago when I wrote this book that it would be this, it would have this much success. But I, I just wanted to tell a story initially. And here I am teaching and, and inspiring people. I, I just, I never expected this type of success, but I, I'm literally grateful, humbled, and, and just honored to have this platform to speak. Wait. Well, you know, a lot of times when things come from your hearts, that's where success comes from. When you come from a place of, I want fame and fortune, it doesn't always work. So that's, that, that's, you, that's what happens. You, you do something from your heart, they always say, you create the product, the audience will find you. So that's kind of, you just make sure you know where you're coming from. And I was taught that years ago, and it's so true. Just do what you feel is best for you. Pull it out if you put it out to the world. The right folks will find it. Right. So I'm not surprised. That's it. Exactly. And, and you know what? And right now it's timely. Yes. Your book is out there. It's at the right time also. Because we're all, everyone's sitting at home. Everyone's kind of, you know, still recovering from this whole pandemic. Yeah. So it's like people have time. I, I, I really believe had this not happened the way it did, I think it would have had some success. Of course, I had my family, my friends that would have supported it. Yeah, but yeah gotten the global attention that it's gotten it, i don't believe it would have gone this far and i don't mean that to be negative but let's just be honest we were busy we were all busy you know kind of doing our own thing and now people are forced to, to pay attention to sit still and to take notice of things that they more than likely wouldn't have done prior to this pandemic so you're right timing on this has been impeccable <laughs> yeah, no, yeah no, you just got the right just right timing uh yeah. people, people want content so that leads into your groundbreaking role. Tell folks why this role as a scroll agent on this little show called WandaVision. Oh. <laughs> uh, this, this little tight show on WandaVision on Disney Plus. Tell why why your role. Tell them what you're, what you're playing. So <clears throat> I'm I'm the scroll agent for uh, WandaVision, and of course, the entire season, everyone was expecting this scroll to pop up. So all the conspiracies throughout the entire season, everyone's like, where's the scroll? Where's the scroll? I know it's coming. Okay, that person's suspicious. They're going to be the scroll. You know, and, and just watching this all season long, people get it completely wrong. And they knew it was coming. They knew it was coming. Yeah, it's coming. Just to do the entire season, not one scroll shows up. And then at the very end, the, the notorious end scenes, end credits, and here it comes, the scroll. I, I remember when that when it debuted, like it was midnight because they were streaming. Oh, right, streaming. right, 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 right. Other came at midnight, and people were blowing my phone up at like twelve fifteen. <laughs> Ten minutes. Later. I'm sleeping. Leave me alone. Yes, right. Yeah. You the scroll? Oh my god! What? No. You know, and no one saw it coming. No yeah. one. This this has been the best thing to happen to me i started out with marvel actually three years ago i was in wanda i'm sorry i was in captain marvel, captain marvel yeah. i was the original scrolls marvel the marvel universe just introduced the scrolls to the world 
via on screen in Captain. The scrolls were always in the comic books. They were always there. They were just the last, I believe they were the last creatures to basically come from the comic books to the screen. So they did the movie Captain Marvel. I was one of the original nine refugee scrolls. So there was the, the king, Talos, his queen, Seren, and then their baby. And then there was me, one of the scroll refugees of the nine that we were his family. And in that movie, they rescue us and send us back to our planet. So a lot of people don't believe my story. It is extremely unorthodox. It does not happen. Everyone knows in Hollywood how everything happens in Hollywood. Everything is by the book. And you can pretty much set your watch by it. It's going to happen like that. That wasn't the case with me. So three years later, I'm sitting in a pandemic like everyone else, kind of surviving the pandemic. And I get a call. I get a phone call. And it's the actual initial company the casting company who sent me to do Captain Marvel initially, they called me and they were like, hey, we have an email, a phone number. We have somebody they're looking for you. And they alluded to it being Marvel, but they didn't specifically out out say, you know, but they were like, we, they would like to know if you'd like to reprise your character from Captain Marvel. And I was like, no. (laughs) Okay. Okay. What, three years have passed? Like I'm done. I mean, I was in prosthetics for like a year with Captain Marvel, day in, day out, you know, and it wasn't the best contract that they had put together for us. Now, it wasn't Marvel's fault. I, I, let me make that clear. It wasn't Marvel's doing. It was the company itself. The company who sent us, you know, didn't okay. do a great So I was rejecting the company. Got so it. when they, I was thinking the company wanted me to do what we had done before. So I was like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yes. And I realized that it was Marvel. Like, you don't turn down Marvel. Uh, no, yeah, they know you don't. No, you don't say no to Marvel. So it was kind of like that come to Jesus moment. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's Marvel, Lord, what are you doing? So I thought about it like a day and went back and realized I had their email or phone number. So I didn't need the actual company this time. I was going to Marvel myself. And the rest is literally history. I was able to go in, audition, and get the part. It's so weird that out of all those scrolls, they decided to choose you. They say they chose you. That's like blind luck. It's like, okay, they could have chosen anybody or recasted it or anything. They, they had said. nine from. They had nine. They had nine of us to choose. And I hadn't heard anything. I thought maybe, you know, they would have come forth and said, hey, I auditioned for that too or something. And right. no one said. Oh. I, uh, it, was, it was a divine act. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say that. The divine act. <laughs> You were meant to play. It was your, it was your, it was your, it was your role. It was your role to play. Um, yes. So I guess the question is: Although, to tell people you're the first, I guess your first person of color, a woman of color to play. I mean, but there's a there's a whole. There. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm literally the first and the only African American female who is an original scroll. <laughs> the bell for that one. I'm the first and the only African American female who is the original scroll brought to the screen from Captain Marvel and now into the MCU. I am also making history by being the first and the only African American extraterrestrial in the MCU phase four. So that's what we just started, which is the Wanda. So from here, they're going to keep spinning off and doing other shows, which you'll see coming up down the pike. But as of right now, I am the first extraterrestrial who is an African-American woman. 
No, you know, this, this business is so strange. Like, uh, you know, you know, when you get into the business, you don't think that's what's going to be one of my claims to fame is I'll be the, a groundbreaking <laughs> tea in a giant franchise. Like, you just, I mean, you can't, you can't script that kind of stuff. You literally can't script that. That's just like, but isn't, that the exciting, isn't that the exciting part of acting, I guess, of this business? This is what we, this is what every actor is, is, is waiting for, you know, like, who's going to turn down Marvel? Right. <laughs> no one's going to turn that down. I, I wouldn't. I'd like say, I'll, I'll play whatever you want me to play. I'll, I'll, I'll be impressed with that. Whatever you want. I'll do whatever you tell me. <laughs> Marvel. It's Marvel. I'll, I'll do whatever. I knew I wanted to do this. I've always been a Marvel fan. Marvel, like, I've been watching this since I was a kid. Tomboy. Yeah. So, as a tomboy, this is what I grew up with. My brothers watched it, so of course I'm watching it with them. And of course, my my youngest brothers, they started to watch more of the X-Men. So that's what got me into the, the next generation of Marvel. So I saw um, X-Men, the X-Men movie, and Rebecca Romaine Stamos played the original Mystique. Yes. That movie. And she was, of course, a supermodel. So at the time that movie came out, I was I was a model. I was very deep in the heart of my modeling career. And I saw her in that role. And I knew, everybody knew she was a professional model, a supermodel. Yeah. And yeah. she just carried herself, the way she walked, you know, she was completely, I would say naked, you know, head to toe blue, mm-hmm. blue with this orange. I mean, she was fabulous in this role. It blew my mind. It changed my entire life. And I was like, what is that? You know, like until I saw her role, I just kind of enjoyed Marvel. But when I saw her, it changed my entire life. Like I knew this is my next step. Like this is where I'm going in life. This is who I am. And now I'm green. <laughs> you know, why not? I say, you know, again in space. I keep trying to tell people we need more black folks in space. Yes. Black folks in the universe. I mean, you know, when I grew up, it was Whoopi Goldberg and Next Generation Star Trek. She played Gaia, just kind of senior yeah. thing. Um, was, but was, and you know, we had we had Lieutenant Uhura, of course, in the original story. We didn't, we didn't have a lot of them running around. So Star Wars, we had Lando Calrissian every once in a while. He come pop up. I mean, but it's like I'm glad to see that they're doing they're more diverse nowadays. I mean, Marvel, DC, they're all very diverse these days, and so it's exciting. But it's also weird because you're like, in this day and age, you're the first. We still we still yeah. have firsts. Yes, and that's yes. kind of. Uh, that's, that's a little sad, but also wonderful at the same time. But there's still first to be had. So in this day and age, you still conquer the first. I think a part of that, too, is um, <clears throat> I, like I was saying to some people, a lot of people, especially as actors nowadays, don't shoot the messenger. But like, I think a lot of actors are, are like afraid to be something more than just themselves. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of actors aren't necessarily, especially female actors dare I say, uh, Black female actors, a lot of them are more, seem like a lot of the roles were more like, you got to be sexy, you got to be beautiful. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's abs- there's time and a place for them to do that time to come. But I'm not afraid, again, going back to the whole tomboy thing, I'm not afraid to get dirty, you know? And, and I remember like when I was doing this part, a lot of people were, oh my God, you're so pretty. Like, why, why would you do this? You know, why would you cover your face? Like, why would, and it's like, I'm an actor, you know? I'm an actor first. Like, that's what we do. You know, everything isn't going to be roses and gorgeous and beautiful and glam. Come. But until then, I'm not afraid to be this creature. Yeah. This, that's what we do. That's what I signed up for. And I, I think that there's not enough of us that are willing to do that. 
that are willing to break away from their comfort zone of their idea of beauty and their idea of being beautiful on the screen to do something that, yeah, your face isn't going to be immediately recognized. You know, you're not going to look like yourself. And I wasn't afraid to do that. And I'm not, I'm not, of course, saying like I'm so special, but I feel like that's the difference here and why it's a first, why it's considered a first. Right. Well, you know, I remember I gave a scene of you with uh, Michael Dorn, who played one of the, it was on, on the Star Trek shows, and and uh, and uh, our buddy uh, Lavar Burton when he played before he had to think about. I was like, because I'm an, I'm a character actor. That's I want I want longevity in the business. It's not about vanity. It's about can I get a role? And these roles are delicious. And they're paying you, uh, but they're also lasting. And that's what actors want. You want something that's, you want something that's meaty and delicious to get into, to put yourself into it. Um, but also could be some kind of longevity on some level. I think that's a, it's a, a now we're seeing her Molly picture, folks. <laughs> but that's, I think, but I think that's what for you, you're saying, eschew the vanity part. I'm an actor first. What can I yeah. do to make an impact? It's still me. I mean, the role, the role still goes to Lori Livingston. It's still me in there. But does it have to be a vanity party where it's like, well, my, don't hide my fate. Don't, you know, like, who cares? It's like, it's a good role. Exactly. If I had gone for vanity, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had this opportunity. No. I don't believe that. I, I mean, it started with Captain Marvel, of course, but no. I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had this opportunity. And it's, it's okay to step outside of your comfort zone. It's okay to be something outside of yourself. You know, you never know how lucrative this is going to be or long lasting it's going to be. And no matter what, my, my generation, my lineage will always be able to look back and say, my mom is in the MCU. My mom is one of the first, my grandmother, my great grandmother, you know, whoever, they will be able to, to look back and, and say this, you know, she made history in Hollywood in Hollywood. And no one's going to be thinking, oh, well, she looks like this hideous creature. They're going to be like, well, that's, that's pretty awesome. You know? So I mean, my biggest suggestion to up and coming actors, don't be afraid to, to step outside of your box, not the box, your box. Don't be afraid to step outside of that. You never know what's going to happen. Of course, you don't want to demean yourself and degrade yourself. I'm definitely not saying that, but you want to put yourself in a posture where you might not look like the glamour, the queen, you know, the, the glammed out. You may not. You may be a little rough and around the edges. But trust me, when them checks come in and those, those red carpet events come, then you go off, okay? <laughs> it's, the truth. it's the truth. And it's the, thing. It's, the, it's, the, it's the truth. And I think um, when I, 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 you know, I'm a host. And when I first started, I was a co-host. Um, I wasn't the lead. I was a co-host. You, you have to start somewhere, right? And I, know, I saw I see people behind the scenes, and you see me behind the scenes too, I'm sure too, your career. But they were really hurt because they really thought if I have to be the lead host, I got. I, and I learned it don't matter where you're seated at the table. First of all, you're at the table. You can still make your mark. Doesn't matter. You don't have to be the one that's the loudest. You can still develop your personality, your skill set, your work ethic. That all works for you for longevity reasons. So. Now, of course, I have my own network. I became a lead host later. But at first, I paid my dues on the side. And, I, and my personality still came through. Folks don't get that part. Sometimes. Like, you don't have to be in your face right there. Again, it's vanity and ego. It's, all, it's, it's, it's being scared. Some folks are scared. If I, don't, if I don't do it a certain way, you know. It's like, no. I want the long game. That's how I feel like this. And I feel like, and for, especially for Black folks, we're not afforded the same opportunities as our non-Black counterparts. We're just not. Um, exactly. So to me, 
we gotta we gotta move our way into this business a certain way. We have to figure it out. There's no one way to do it. So I'm like, we have to set the, we have to figure out. Oh, you found your way. I found my way. That's what we have to do. We just have to. You have to work smarter, not harder. I agree. Work smarter. Think of think. Make your moves like chess. You know. And I, I'm definitely not going to sit here and profess to have all the answers. Oh, no, no, me either. No, me either. No, me either. No, me either. There's so much to learn. However, you have to think strategically. So when I came here to Hollywood uh, six years ago. From France, I was a professional model, you know, so when I showed up in Hollywood, Hollywood was like, that's a model, you know, like they weren't impressed as an like, so model and, you know, and I had to show them like, I can do more than just stand there and be cute, you know, so I was willing to take on the gritty roles. I purposely dove into stunts. I did a lot of stunts initially. I did a lot of like fight scenes. You know, one of my first TV shows that I did was on the show Kingdom with Oh yeah, I was on the show. I was the MMA fighter. I never MMA fought a day in my life. <laughs> but you figured it out, didn't you? So I figured it out. Yeah, oh, you know. Dad's at you, and they teach. I'm like, oh, you better move, you know, because that was real. It was real stuff. Yeah. And I'm thinking by Joe Daddy Stevenson, who is like a trained assassin. Like this man is a real, you know, fighter. So when he would get into the cage, because you know we would literally train in a cage. When he would get into the cage, he was like in fight mode. You know? <laughs> he wasn't thinking, well, this is a girl and she doesn't know what she's doing. Like, no. Right. Yeah, he'd take you down and you're like into the <laughs> I need my contract. Where's my contract? No, yeah. Wait a minute, time out. I didn't sign up for that. Yeah, Wait. That's, that's, that's I, very true. That's cool. I have to learn. And I remember a lot of the, the agents and people, especially early on, were like, what are you doing? You know, you should be the pretty girl. You should be the girlfriend. You should. I'm like, yeah, but everyone was doing that. Hello. Everyone in Hollywood was going for the the the, the lead gorgeous woman, the lead bombshell, the lead black community. Where it didn't matter. Everyone was going for that, but not too many people wanted to be the villain. I wanted to be the villain. I wanted to be the badass. I wanted to be the one to kick your butt. I wanted to be the one, you know, that that had some intrigue and some depth and some mystique to me, you know, no pun intended to mystique. I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> but I'm bummed. Yes, you know, I, I wanted that, that grit. So I had to create it for Hollywood because they didn't see it. Yeah. They didn't see it at all. They were just like, eh, model. Well, Next. Well, you have a good point because when I first came to business, I had a shaved head, goatee, black man. Okay. There's 10,000 of us out there who look the same in Hollywood. Exactly. I mean, sorry, folks. I mean, not all of us are that unique looking. I mean, we're all pretty much the same. You know what I mean? Like, we're all the same colorings and same heights and everything. And so I did, you do have to find a way to stand out. They always tell you this in any, any acting class, any modeling, anything they tell you, you got to stand out. But that's but also you got to be true to yourself, too. I, mean, I know Lori agrees with me. You got to be true to yourself. Um, authentic. But I'm just telling you that I'm one of 10,000 Black men in America who look the same way we try to make it. Try to make it. So what makes me do? Why should you hire me? And you're right. I took on assignments that other folks wouldn't take because they're too hoity-toity about it and high and mighty about it. And I'm waiting for that one. They're still, and they're still waiting, girl. Still waiting. <laughs> I'm working. They're still waiting. I'm just, I'm just telling you. But it's up to you. It's all up to you. It is all up to you. Your path is your path. But I just felt like there were certain shows that I did and certain red carpets that I did that, I did that folks didn't want to do them. And I, was, and I learned, as you said, as you did, you learn about yourself. We take those gritty things. You learn about yourself when you take the roles that others don't want to take necessarily. Um, you gain, you gain knowledge. You gain education, right? Exactly, exactly. Another big thing too, and, and a lot of people will probably disagree with me on this, but 
uh, the whole background thing and get it. Yes, I get it. Background is not the way to go if you're trying to necessarily make it. However, sometimes you can sacrifice and take on like a Marvel, take it. Yo, right, take right, it. right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a job in Marvel, you know, uh, you know, something big, something prominent. Yes. Take a background job because that may be your in. That may be your, your, your ticket to, to catapult your career up. You never know. Well, you know, I did, I did it. No, you're right with that. I did a background on House. House was a big show at the time. It was, it was in the late 2000s. And Hugh Laurie got to know him and stuff. And I did background. I did lead background. And I got noticed. I got another gig out of it. I got another, I got a commercial out of it. Because it was just because they saw me in the background. Who says that Hollywood has to go like so? Exactly. Yes, yes it works nine times out of ten or eight times out of ten. Right. You know, yes, it works right. But... It doesn't mean that it's etched in stone. It doesn't make it Bible. I love, I love, there was a, an actor and I, I, I don't want to misquote him, but he's, um, he, he said something so prominent and I was just like, you know what? This guy's brilliant and he's right. And I hope that it inspires somebody the way it inspired me. He said, there's more than one way to get into a house. Think about that. Right. Everybody to go through the front door and rightfully so to get into the house. But if you can't get in that front door, there are windows that you can use to get into that house. There's a back door. There's a basement window. There's, you know, there's other ways to get into this house. I'm definitely not saying lose your dignity. I'm definitely not saying do stuff that is going to demean or, or in any way, you know, put you in some sort of crazy. I don't mean it that way. I'm saying don't think just this way to get into the business or just this way to get your success because it may not come that way for you. It may work for this person, that person, but for you, you may have to do it a different route, which sure. means you may have to background jobs where you're featured and then somebody sees you, you know, it, it you may, you know, have to take a, on a role that you typically wouldn't do. And somebody see you, you just never know. And I hate when people box themselves in because the status quo or the average person is saying, this is how I did it. This is how it must be done. It does not mean that it's going to be that way for everyone. I always say, you just need one set of eyes to look at you to cast you for something. All you need is one set, just one set of eyes, the right set of eyes to see you or hear you in something. Um, I, have, I have audio dramas on my network and several of my actors have gotten jobs. They, someone listens, someone goes, oh, what's this show? The Easter hair, what's that? And they listen to it. Well, who's that voice? And they, it, just, it just takes one pair of ears. There's one ear to hear that. One person to see you on this. They go, that Lori Livingston, I think I really, I want to talk to her. Like, you, you, you seriously, I've gotten so many opportunities in some of the strangest places of things that I've done or a certain podcast or I showed up background on this or whatever. And you, you just, you really don't, you don't know. I tell people, don't. Just don't automatically say no to everything. Think about it, you know? Yeah. Think about it. Don't. I mean, if, it, if it's a Tyler Perry film, I'd say yes. Be background, doing the sweeping, whatever. I'm like, whatever. Oprah says something, sure, girl, whatever you want me to do. I say, so you're right. There's certain ones you go, okay, that's a no-brainer. Um, but don't try to demand too much. Just go and do whatever they do and see how it rolls. You may make a connection on that set that way sets you for life. I mean, you just, you just never, never know. Don't limit yourself. Don't don't oh, and don't don't try to keep up with everyone else. I because they're not going where they're going. They're going where they're going. 
follow what you're supposed to be doing. If you listen to my story, my story literally unintentionally connects. It all literally connects. What was the beginning? The beginning of my story of me talking to you, um, I started out as a tomboy. Clothing line, fashion, industry. How did I get my break in WandaVision? Pretty much from being a tomboy. Tomboy, right, no right. It all connects. I never lost sight of who I was, even though people bashed me and, could, and you know put me down about it constantly. Yeah. If I started listening to people and following their idea of who Lori Livingston is instead of who I really am, I guarantee you, you and I would not be sitting here right now having this conversation. Yeah. I guarantee you. So I encourage anyone listening, follow you, not just your heart, follow you. Who are you? That's going to be your, that's, that is your individuality. That is your, your difference in Hollywood. Follow you. What do you bring to the table? You know, how do you, how do you make this thing? How, what, what is the difference in you? Show them that. Because I, I assure you, there's a lot of people, just like you said, James, there's a ton of people. We all look the same. Yeah. yeah. I believe. Yeah. How many light-skinned tall girls do you know with the short curly? Right. I mean, all right. No, seriously, right. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. So what makes this one stand out? Well, what she's, makes fab- you- well she's fabulous. That's number one. So. That's why she's. That's how she stands out. I ain't talked to you forever, but girl, they're gonna, they're gonna kill me. Let me do the five-hour interviews. So I would tell you, come back on the show again. Come back on the show again. Any projects you have, come on. Anything you want to promote, come on. Anytime you have a, a welcome invitation, always, Miss Laurie. And and we're gonna continue our friendship off camera too. But welcome. Thanks so much for what you're doing and your message. And show the book again. Show that book. But yes. was it within me? Get it at Amazon. Amazon Kindle. Go out there and get it. Support it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Um, get it. Her Etsy store is uh, T is T Boy Chic. Yes. I'll make sure you go there. I'll make sure I have all the links in the description, of course. Um, WandaVision. We don't know. If, I guess there's a season two coming. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's. I'm sure. We will we'll see. We'll, we'll pray on it. Those two. So there's there's definitely there's definitely the, the MC continuing. There's <laughs> yeah. more. Keep your eye out for her. So I'm just saying. Just you know, there's stuff coming. I'm sure. So we don't know. We don't know for sure yet. But just. Keep coming for that. Um, and of course, I'm James Lodge Jr. You can follow me. We're all James Lodge Jr. is a soul that James Lodge Jr. on all social media platforms and on TikTok too. I'm a star on there, apparently. Uh, go ahead and follow me there. Like, subscribe, comment. Share this interview with anybody you think should see this or hear this. Um, and of course, our Facebook page is in between the pages of James Lodge Jr. Everyone, please be you. That's, that's our whole thing. Be you. Support the arts. Support the arts. They're very, very, very important to our psyche our culture our community um arts are very important to support them and we'll see you next time with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.